0: Welcome to Gateway Church Cymru, a church where anyone can be transformed by the story of Jesus. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. With the family of God here, praise the Lord. And we certainly are praying for Marilyn and we rejoice to see. You. We thought we'd be visiting Barbara today, but she's here. That's amazing. Praise the Lord. On this Pentecost Sunday, if you have your Bible, please turn to Acts chapter 2. and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then verse 14, Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and heed my words, for these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is that which is spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams, and on my servant, men's servants, and my maidservants I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. Amen. Our message this morning is entitled The Fivefold Phenomena of Pentecost. The fivefold phenomena of Pentecost. Amen. From the time of the resurrection of Jesus for 40 days, he showed himself to many people, to 500 at one time, with many, it says, infallible proofs. And then came the day he was to ascend into heaven, and uh, one of his last words to his followers, to his disciples, was, Wait, tarry in Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. And for 10 days... 120 of them went back to Jerusalem to a, to a first-story room, to an up, upper room, and <clears throat> they began to, to seek God. There were four things they did in particular. One, they expectantly waited. Two, they worshipped. Three, they praised. And four, they prayed. It's worth underlining those particular things because for any one of us who's seeking to, to have a Pentecost experience, those four things still apply. <coughs> expectant waiting, faith-filled waiting. When we believe the promise of God, when we believe that God in this day wants to pour out His Spirit. Wow! Well, if we come with a heart that's expectant, that's, that's hungry, that's thirsty, then we're a candidate to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Worship. Worship isn't just singing some songs. Worship is an attitude of total surrender to God. Praise, well, praise always invites the presence of God. In Psalm 22, it says God inhabits the praise of His people. Praise just draws the presence of God when we begin to praise Him. We create an environment where God begins to work and move, where the miraculous can occur when we praise Him and prayer. When we pray, not just our agenda, but when we pray and and they would be praying to being the very promise of God. That's the most powerful kind of praying there is when we take hold of God's promise, take hold of God's word, and pray it into being. And so they were doing that. They were expectant. They were worshiping. They were praising. They were praying. And then we get to Acts chapter 2, and when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly, all the suddenness of God. It was another day like any other day in the Middle East where the sun began to rise and shine brightly and eh, just another day. But suddenly, who knows when the suddenness of God can occur. If we're expectant, if we're worshiping, if we're praising and we're praying, if we're ready, then the suddenly can can occur today. Why not? The suddenly of God, the suddenly of God. And suddenly, It says, there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. There came a sound from heaven as of, it wasn't a rushing wind. We often say, "Oh, there's the wind, but it it doesn't say it was a wind. It says it was like a wind. It was a rushing sound. It was a peculiar sound, a distinctive sound that came. The wind audible presence of God phenomenon number one the audible presence of God that sound we, we often feel it's the, the um, speaking in tongues that, that cr- attracted the crowds certainly the crowds made mention of that but if you read carefully in verse 6 it says when the sound occurred the multitude came together the sound of the Lord The sound, the audible presence of God, when that was heard, it just drew people. It just drew people. There were thousands gathered on the day of Pentecost to Jerusalem, but it drew them from wherever they were to that place where the upper room was, to that street. They were just drawn. Something inside of them just compelled them and drew them. We must always remember we're not just physical beings. We're spirit, soul, body beings. And, and there's something within the heart of every man, even the diehard atheist. It says in Ecclesiastes, God's put eternity in the heart of every man. There's something when God is moving, something within, uh, whatever their, 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 their thoughts and their, they may have, something draws and calls and cries out. The sound of the Lord. We need the sound of the Lord today to be heard. We need to pray that the sound of the Lord might be heard. That, that that something will happen that will just draw people. People won't be able to explain it, they'll just be drawn by the sound of the Lord. By the sound of the Lord. You know, we first hear of the sound of the Lord, it, it was a sound that drew Adam and Eve. To worship in Genesis chapter 3 verse 8 it talks about the sound in the garden it was the time they needed to, to, to spend time in communion with God of course in Genesis 3:8 the sound was heard but they disobeyed they'd taken up the tree of, of um, knowledge of good and evil and, and so they'd, they ran away from the sound but all the same that's the first mention of the sound of the Lord drawing Of God. The next time we hear about it is in 2 Samuel chapter 5. Uh, David has been anointed king. He's just become king. And, and so whenever something is a fresh anointing, be sure of this, the enemy wants to come and, and challenge a fresh anointing. And so the Philistines come and think, right, we're going to challenge David. And in 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 18 and 19, he, he seeks the face of God and, and God tells him a strategy and they go out and they beat the Philistines the enemy doesn't come back, they, he comes back another time. And so in 2 Samuel chapter 5 verse 22 to 25 uh, David again seeks the Lord. You didn't just take for granted what happened the first time, oh we did it before, it worked well, let's do it again. That's something that is quite we, as human beings we tend to do that and church life we can do that we think go. that worked before, let's do it again. But David teaches us we must seek God. What's God's plan? What's God's agenda? And um, and so he seeks God. God says, this time, when you hear the sound of a going in the mulberry trees, it's time to attack. The sound, the sound that's of going. The chariots of heaven, are on, the invisible chariots are on the move. It's the sound, the sound of the Lord. All this first phenomena of Pentecost, we need to pray that we once again, that the sound of the Lord will be heard. The audible presence of God will be heard in the land. The cry, not church bells. You know, we have church bells in our village where we live, on the edge of Bristol. Is um, the church? In fact, the church bells, they, the, the, the belfry got wood rot or something, so they took them down. So instead now they've put up these um, digital ones with amplifiers. In fact, I heard them this morning. It's really annoying, but you can tell they're not the real thing. There's a sound it's a sound to tell people they have a nine o'clock service and then that just it's going on just so they're ringing them from about quarter to nine and just before we leave and and, and, and and so then they have 11 o'clock and so on and the bells, these digital bells ring calling people to worship oh that just pales into insignificance before the sound of the Lord we don't you know, it's good to have church bells, I guess, if you like that kind of thing. But we need something much, much more. We need the sound of the Lord. Oh, drawing people to pray, Lord, let your sound be heard, let your sound be heard. Can't emphasize that enough. So that's the first phenomenon. The second phenomenon is found in Acts 2, verse 3. And then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. Divided tongues as a fire. The visible presence of God. we have got the audible presence? Now it's a visible presence. The divided tongues of fire. It's significant, this. You know, when the tabernacle was dedicated in the Old Testament, what happened? The fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice then when Solomon's temple was dedicated, what happened? The fire of the Lord fell. Again. And now on the day of Pentecost, it's the, the beginnings of the church. The temple of God. The church is the, te- is the current temple of God. And what happens on this day of inauguration of the church in Acts chapter 2? The fire falls. The fire falls. Wow, and God is doing something special. There's a fire. There's a fire. Fire. God, our God, is a consuming fire, it says in Hebrews 11, 12, 29. Oh, fire. And, and when John the Baptist spoke of the Lord Jesus and spoke of uh, the experience we'll talk about in a moment, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, he said of Jesus, He shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Fire. Church needs a fire. We need a fire today. We need a fire today. You know, we, we talk about the initial evidence of speaking in tongues. Great. But we need the evidence of fire-filled Christians. Fire-filled. Fire. Fire burns the dross. Fire warms. Fire uh, enlightens. Fire attracts. Fire consumes. God, remove. You know, over the years, recent years, a lot of work has been done to remove asbestos from buildings. Asbestos was used to try and retard fires. We've got obviously things now that are much safer and don't cause health problems to take its place. But we need all asbestos removed from the church. I don't mean literal asbestos. I mean spiritual asbestos. We become resistant to fire. burn we need to burn for god hallelujah we need to be on fire you know there's a great hymn that says it so well that booth hymn thou christ of burning cleansing flame send the fire thy blood-bought gift today we claim send the fire look down and see this waiting host give us the promise holy ghost we want another pentecost send the fire god of elijah hear our cry send the fire to make us fit to live or die send the fire to burn up every trace of sin to bring the light and glory in the revolution now begin send the fire it is fire we want for fire we plead send the fire The fire will meet our every need. Send the fire for strength to ever do the right, for grace to conquer in the fight, for power to walk the world in white. Send the fire. To make our weak hearts strong and brave. Send the fire. To live a dying world to save. Send the fire. Our seers on thy altar lay. Our lives are all this very day. To crown the offering, now we pray. Send the fire. Wow. Anything I say, you know, that hymn says it oh, all. need that fire. Baptize us in the Holy Spirit and fire. This visible phenomena, the visible presence of Pentecost. The fire, the tongues of fire. Then the third phenomenon, verse 4, Acts 2, verse 4, they're all filled with the Holy Spirit. They were all, it may not seem like a phenomenon to you, but I believe it is when you look at the context. They were all filled. Not some, not just a few, not the most zealous ones. No, they were all filled. All filled. All filled men and women, young and old. We may not take too much notice of that. But you've got to remember in the days of the New Testament, it's not unusual for a a man, a Jewish man, a Jewish rabbi, or a man to pray, Lord, thank you, I'm a man. Thank you, I'm not a Gentile. Thank you, above all, I'm not a woman. Women were seen as second class or, you know, Of no importance. But on the day of Pentecost, God's showing a new order. In the upper room, it's not just men, there's women there as well. The Mary's and others that Joanna and all these different ones, they were there. And God pours out his spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Wow. Okay, we might live in an age when there's more equality, but when you think of the context, historical context, you think, God, what an amazing thing you did on that day. You're raising all up in inequality and showing your spirit is for everyone, for all flesh. Praise the Lord. Oh, that's so wonderful. Every believer needs the Holy Spirit Yes, the Holy Spirit is at work when we get saved, we're born again of the Spirit. But then, subsequent to salvation, is this glorious experience of being filled, of being baptized, of being immersed, of being anointed, whatever phrase you want to use, of being empowered, of being clothed with the Holy Spirit. We need that. Peter says later on in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, he says, Then Peter said to him, Repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you, to your children, to those who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. I don't see any end, any cessation to the work and activity of the Holy Spirit in that verse. It's for everyone. For everyone. Men and women, young and old, for everyone. In fact, if you study the Acts, we, we, we can see in Acts chapter 8 when uh, Philip goes to Samaria and there's a mighty move of God there and the sick are healed and the lost is saved and great things happen. And when the apostles at Jerusalem hear about it, they send down Peter and John. What's the first thing they do? They lay hands on them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. In the early church they saw it was a absolutely essential that new converts were filled as soon as possible with the Holy Spirit empowered to live the Christian life and if it's not just there in Acts 9 when Saul of Tarsus gets saved on Damascus Road God speaks to a man called Ananias I feel he's, he needs a lot more press as Ananias he's one of the brave characters of scripture You know, he was told to go and pray for Saul of Tarsus. Remember, Saul was a persecutor of the church. He murdered Christians. And Ananias has been told by God, now go and pray for him. That takes courage. That takes bravery. And Ananias goes and, and prays for Saul, who becomes Paul, the Apostle Paul. He prays for him, and he's filled with the Holy Spirit. See, God was keen that even great intellect, soul of Tarsus, needs to be baptized in the Holy Spirit as soon as possible. In Acts chapter 10, household of Cornelius, Peter, the reluctant Peter, eventually gets to the Gentile home of Cornelius, and he preaches, and as he's preaching, the Holy Spirit falls on those first Gentile believers, and and they speak in tongues, wow, amazing. God says, no, we need the Holy Spirit. When, When Paul and Barnabas, Paul and Silas in Acts 19 get to Ephesus. He finds 12 believers there. What's his first question? Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Notice that, since you believed. Have you received? Have you had this experience? And so I put it to you that that as we look at those examples in Acts, the activity of the early church, demonstrates that they saw that baptism in the Holy Spirit was not an option. It's absolutely essential if the people of God are going to be living empowered lives, glorifying Jesus and powerful witnesses for Him. We need the Holy Spirit. They're all filled. They're all closed. They're all baptized. Oh, the, the tangible presence of God. We've had the The audible without the visible. This is the tangible. When when God clothes you with his spirit, or God immerses you in his spirit. It's the tangible. You know, when you're baptized in water, you you get wet on the outside, unless you happen to open your mouth at the wrong moment. But baptism of the spirit isn't just restricted to the outer, it fills us from within, without and out, within. It's an immersion through our whole being, saturated in the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Yes, God says, in the last days, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. We're we living in the last days. The indication of Scripture is we should be believing for an even more powerful, unprecedented, because the former reign and the latter reign together. Outpouring pouring of the Holy Spirit in this day the people of God must rise to this. It's not by might, it's not by power, it's by my spirit, says the Lord. You know, we can quote scriptures like the glory of the latter house, regretting the former, but it'll only be accomplished if we will engage with the Holy Spirit and allow him to work and allow him to move. If you're here this morning and not being filled with the Holy Spirit, you say, oh, how can I be filled? Well, back to my first point. Back to those early disciples. They waited in the ten days from Jesus' ascension to Pentecost. What did they do? They are expectant. They believed. They were hungry for the promise. They were worshipping, praising, praying. That's the clue, is in all of those things. If we as earthly parents not to give good, give good gifts to our children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the gift of the Holy Spirit? those who ask him. And the verb ask is in a continuous tense, and keep on asking. But well, we're saying, God, I'm not letting go. I'm going to pray, I'm going to fast, I'm going to do whatever it takes. I long for the Holy Spirit. Don't give up. And if you've been filled, then we need to be, keep being filled. That would be one of the things that's happened too often in Pentecostal churches is people have been encouraged to be filled, which is great. We've had our waiting meetings, people have been filled, and Spoken in tongues, but then that's it. We can't live like that. We've got to be keeping being filled. You wouldn't just live on one glass of water, have one drink. So that's it. We no, need to keep drinking. We need to keep drinking of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians five says, "Be not drunk with wine, my success, but be filled. Be continually filled with the Spirit." Speaking to yourself in psalms, and here's the clue how to. Speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. That that life of praise and and prayer and praise and worship is the key to, to keep being filled. Daily being filled. You wouldn't just have one drink a day, you'd want several drinks a day. You need to be filled and keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. Revelation twenty-two seventeen. 17, one of the last words, one, amongst the last words in the Bible says, let him that is a thirst come and take the water of life freely. So, as we look at these phenomena of Pentecost, we've seen the audible presence, the visible presence, the tangible presence. But as we continue in Verse four, we have the, the vocal presence, the vocal phenomena of Pentecost, and they're all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. When we have the experience of God, we're so immersed in him and so full of Him, you just find something bubbling up inside and and you find just, if you, most of us, our mother tongue would be English, you find that it's just so useless, and, and, and you just begin to, to just, ah, and then God just begins to do words, it might seem a few syllables to begin with, and then they flow and becomes a language. Uh, the Bible speaks in 1 Corinthians 14 of tongues and of angels, and, 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 and so they begin to flow in these languages, maybe known in the known world or in the heavenly world, what matters. Hey, we' going to flow in a language by the Spirit bubbling up and praising God. We see it in Acts 2, they heard them speaking tongues and magnify God. You see it in Acts 10, they heard them speaking tongues and magnify God, praising God. Hallelujah. Oh, we need that. We need that. You know in some Christian circles, there's a tendency to dismiss tongues. And that's sad. You know? People just want to stick within what they can control and know. Some people don't like these elements that are supernatural and unknown. But we need to just consider why. Why tongues? It is strange, but why? Well, number one, it's a gift from God. A gift from God. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of light, Within whom there's no variance or shadow of turning, says James. It's a gift from God. If Queen Elizabeth was to give you a gift, we just, no, I don't like that gift. Would we ever dare say that? We treasure that gift. We say, wow, the Queen has has sought to give me a gift, something I couldn't do for myself. It's given to me. Wow. Speaking in tongues is not. Our ability, it's supernatural. It's given. It's a gift. Paul the Apostle said, I would that you all spoke with tongues. Of course, he goes on, but more than he prophesies, it doesn't impact as well, but he said, I speak in tongues more than you all. No, it's a gift. Two, tongues. This is always a key one that I find so often people don't, don't always recognize tongues as a sign of a new era. You know, as Luke has already said, in the the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit is there. He's active. And there are many occasions when the Holy Spirit comes upon individuals and empowers them to do great exploits. In Numbers chapter 11... God is trying to share the workload for Moses. And he takes of the Spirit that's upon Moses, as put upon the elders of Israel. And in Numbers 11, verse 25, it says, Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to Moses and took of the Spirit that was upon him and placed the same upon the seventy elders. And it happened when the Spirit rested upon them that they prophesied... There's two of them held out and Medad, out who didn't turn up for the meeting. And the spirit rested upon them, and now they're among those that listed, but had not gone out of the to, to tabernacle, yet they prophesied in the camp. Wow. The Spirit of God came upon them. And they prophesied. In, in Hebrew, they prophesied. Wow, what an amazing experience it must have been. In 1 Samuel chapter 10, I'll give you another example, verse 9 and 10. Saul, King Saul, is a, is becomes the first king of Israel, and uh, after he's met with Samuel, the overseer, the prophet, on his way he meets some prophets, and the Spirit of God comes in. One Samuel ten verse nine and ten, the Spirit of God comes upon Saul, and he prophesies. He just prophesies for the rest of the day. Wow, what an experience! So that's the Old Testament. So a sign that the Holy Spirit was upon someone in the Old Testament. We find on several occasions was that they, they prophesied even at the beginning of the New Testament. We're kind of still in the Old Testament, this crossover era. The Spirit comes upon Zechariah, the son of John the Baptist. He'd been dumb up to that moment and suddenly the Spirit comes upon him his mouth and he prophesies. The Spirit comes upon Simeon, the Spirit comes upon Anna, the prophetess in the temple. And she prophesies so we see it again and again and again. This, this sign of the Spirit coming upon people, they prophesy. On the day of Pentecost, things are going to just change somewhat. Yes, when the Spirit comes upon people, they're still gonna, there's going to be vocal evidence of the Spirit coming upon them, consistent with the Old Testament. But now it's different. They, they speak in Tongues and languages they've never learned. In fact, as you read the Acts 2 narrative, it says that we hear them speak in our language. Parthians, Medes, and all these different people, cappadocia or whatever, and all these different places. We hear them speak in our language, magnifying God. What's going on? It's a new sign for a new era. The Old Testament journey had been one where God was dealing just with Israel and through Israel. But as we move to Acts, it's a new day. You should receive power after the Holy Spirit's come upon you. You should be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the outermost parts of the earth. The Great Commission is going to all the world. So no longer is it restricted to the borders of, of Israel. Now it's to the Gentile nations, it's beyond. And so for this new era, there's this new sign to indicate the church's mission is no longer just the Jew. The church's mission is now Jew and Gentile. Hallelujah. Wow. Oh, that churches everywhere could get hold of that thought. But not just get old the thought, but begin to engage in what the thought is all about. We've got a mission. We've got a world to reach. We want the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Three, so tongues a gift from God. Tongues is a sign of a new era. Uh, tongues is a, for personal prayer and praise. For personal prayer and praise. In the Old Testament, the place of prayer and praise took place was the temple. But in AD 70, the temple was destroyed. So, is there a temple now? The Bible says yes, there is. In one Corinthians six nineteen and two Corinthians six sixteen, it says, "We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit." And God wants his temple. He says, Jesus cleansed the temple. He says, my house, should be called a house of prayer. And God desires us to be praying, people. And the Holy Spirit has come, that in and through these temples, through me, through you, he might pray. Oh, that the church, that we might recognize the power of prayer is praying in the Spirit. The power of prayer is praying in the Spirit. I'm sure we all know those verses in Romans 8, for example. Romans 8, likewise, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. Anybody weak? Yes, we all are. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is. Because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Wow. Holy Spirit, I to pray in tune with you. I need you to pray in and through me. Because we're going to start praying in the will of God. Paul the Apostle says, I, I, I pray in the Spirit. I speak in tongues more than you all. In 1 Corinthians 14. He knew what it was to pray things through you feel that burden, and uh, oh, I, oh I got, he's praying for the churches, he's praying for the various leaders, he's carrying that weight. And he, sometimes the burden would be great, but he'd pray in the spirit until the burden would lift. We might learn something of that in our lives. We are the temples of the Holy Spirit, and as such, to be temples of prayer. And tongues is an avenue to the other gifts of the spirit as we. I'm talking about tongues for our personal usage. I'm not talking about tongues as, as a gift of the Holy Spirit that's in operation from time to time in church meetings. But tongues, our personal tongues, as we tune up our spirits, as we quietly pray, as we quietly praise, quietly worship in the Spirit, it tunes us up to begin to hear the voice of God, maybe the voice of prophecy, our words of wisdom, our knowledge, our indication to give that anointed utterance. Not just an overflow of our own utterance, but an anointed utterance into a meaning which then is interpreted. Praise the Lord. Tongues. The vocal presence of God. And then fifthly, the fifth phenomena is found in Acts 2 and verse 14. But Peter standing up with the eleven raised his voice and said to them men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem let this be known to you and heed my words at first sight you think where's the phenomena there well I believe it is because we have a fear filled man becomes a fire Filled messenger. Wow, that's a phenomenon. Peter, just weeks before, denied the Lord Jesus. He couldn't even stand up to a little maiden and, and say he was a follower of Jesus. And now he's addressing all Jerusalem and Judea. He's addressing all the religious people and everyone who'd come in for the Feast of Pentecost. He's bold, he's changed, he's transformed. Wow, this is the phenomena of the Holy Spirit. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, the empowered presence. The empowering presence of God. We all need the empowering presence of God. How many of us are weak and feeble and afraid to say too much? You know, we're, we're just uncertain. But wow, we need the Holy Spirit. That we might be empowered and bold. You know, it says in Acts chapter 4, it uses that very language, Acts 4, verse 29 to 33. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant your servants that with boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal. Well, we'd love that. And that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and one or two of them were filled. No, no, no. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Boldness. The Holy Spirit takes fear filled people and turns them to fire filled messengers. Praise the Lord. It says in verse 33: In great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Wow, we need that. We need that. Praise the Lord in in these days. And so, it's Pentecost Sunday. And I remind you of the five-fold phenomena of Pentecost. Meet them today. The audible presence. Oh, the sound of the Lord that draws people. audible presence. The visible presence. The fire. We need a fire. Baptize us in the Holy Spirit and fire. The tangible presence. They're all filled. All anointed. All filled. All baptized. All immersed in the Holy Spirit. The vocal presence. The spoken times. We might learn to pray and use the prayer language and then the empowering presence that we might be bold witnesses of the Lord Jesus Amen Amen, let's pray together Praise you Lord Jesus Father give us another Pentecost give us another Pentecost as the hymn says give us another Pentecost for Lord God we need your sound needs to be heard drawing people oh Father God we need the fire all the dross and the sin and the indifference the apathy and all these things might be burned away and we might become attractive and enlightening and all-consuming and all-consumed. Father God, that we might know your tangible presence. We won't just say we believe in the Holy Spirit, but we'll experience the Holy Spirit. We feel him and know him. His presence daily in our lives. Oh, that Lord, we might learn the power of speaking in tongues and, and the power of prayer as we even in our private devotions, pray things through, pray the burdens through, praying in the Spirit, according to the will of God. And Lord, empower us that we will be bold and strong. We might stretch forth our hands and see the sick healed, and the lost should be saved. Lord, indeed, give us another Pentecost. I was to be filled and to be refilled with your spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe. And check out our podcast channel for past episodes. For more content from Gateway and to connect with us, to Gateway Church Have a great day.